Welcome everyone to Pen Pen Pals to another episode about Sekiro, talking about the enemies of Sekiro. I'm your host Alex, and my co-host today is Mimi. Hello. Uh, today we are going to talk about a Mibu Village. You know, last time we talked about Ashina Castle proper, we went up and up and up to that climax of fighting Genichiro, and now we're going to go down, down, down to some of the deepest places in Ashina, and in fact. We're going to start out with the Ashina Depths on our way down to Mibu Village. So we get here through the 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 dungeon. Yes. Uh, we take a right kind of at the beginning of the dungeon. I think that's where we fight a Shichi man and get the Tonto. Yes. And just past him is an old woman praying at this bottomless pit. Is this the same praying woman we've met in Ashina Castle? Uh, it could be. I have like very, a very small like theory about these old ladies. Oh my God, lay it on us. But no, I don't want to lay it on you until we get to Senpo. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> We're going to get to Senpo. Okay. That makes sense. All right. Well, there's a teaser for uh, maybe the next. So you better episode. continue watching guys, because otherwise you're not going to hear my <laughs> amazing crackpot theories. I love it. Well, she tells you that in order to proceed, you must make a leap of faith, which is true. You also have to have a little bit of reflexes. And if you mess the jump up, you can just not be able to grapple uh, at the bottom. And it can be an endless pit for you. Uh, but you come down, you jump into this bottomless pit. You find a grapple point near the bottom. Uh, there's not much to explore there. There's a, an, at least one deathless guy uh, just roaming around trying to grab you if you bother him. And then we drop down through another hole and we come across a new area from software's staple, their signature, a poison swamp. There should be an applause sound here. <laughs> there really should be. <laughs> you and I are a booing sound. <laughs> there should be an applause and booing over overlapped over each other. Are you saying boo or booings? <laughs> I was saying balloons. I want to point out how cool it is how you approach your way into the depths. Okay. Through the big old Shinto gate with all the candles lit around it. So if you guys don't know what a Tori gate is, you can just simplify and say it's a marking of like a sacred space. Uh -huh. So like when you pass through there, you're passing through something that is considered at least somewhat divine. Okay. So when you see them in the front of shrines or even the more famous ones that you see in the ocean, that's kind of like denoting like, okay, you're you're entering the realm of some kami, some some deity. Oh, okay. So not just a physical gate, but a spiritual gate yes. you're passing through. And, and traditionally, this is this is a fun one if you ever go to Japan. Um, you're not supposed to pass through the very middle of it. That's where the, the kami walk through. So you have to pass either from the left or the right. Um, but yeah, you, you'll see a ton of these gates in the, especially towards Mibu. So uh, just keep an eye on that uh, in terms of what you see visually going into Mibu, because Mibu has such a, a lot of like good visual storytelling. Yeah. And I'm, I'm hoping you'll, uh, we'll get into that. Uh, so, so we passed through this Tori gate and that's, that's where we jump, right? Yes. And this, this jump is 
in game terms, it's just a a physical descent, right? The game obviously is tracking us through a physical space, but narratively, symbolically, we are passing through into a different realm, right? Yes. I mean, com- compare it to like the other two areas you go into. You know, they all have their own themes, but in terms of area, because like, you know, past Mibu Village, we have uh, Fountainhead mm-hmm. and that's like a sacred space. Mm-hmm. But when you go to Senpo or the Sunken Valley, it's not the same. It's just kind of it's kind of just like a place. Whereas like there's this sort of mystic quality about uh, the Mibu Village area specifically. OK, yeah. All right. So we we jumped on this thing. The first area we find this poison swamp it's populated by uh you can find them obviously in a different place if you go a different way but if if we're traveling here first this is the first time we see the snake clan uh we find several different enemy types here uh the first of which we can come across is a rifleman basically but i mean they have a uh a, a firearm on a spear right like they have it's almost like a, a bayonet uh setup but their firearms that they're using it's almost a throwback it's almost more archaic than the ones used up top or by the uh ashigaru uh, uh mustard infantry like it's almost like an arquebus right it's almost one for one, like the ones you see in Princess Mononoke. Right. Okay. It's definitely a huge reference to it because you do see a lot of references to it in uh in the game, uh, Princess Mononoke. And and the the whole I think the whole Snake Clan, everyone you see, they're all bandaged up too. Which is is there an in game reason for that? Because I always just took that as a nod to Princess Mononoke as a sign of respect towards the the gunmakers. The uh, what are they? The, the lepers. lepers. Yeah, the lepers. Yeah, that, yeah, that, and, like, I mean, it's not the best protection against the cold, but to be fair, when you think about it, they're from the Sunken Valley, so in terms mm-hmm. of the cold, they're probably pretty used to it. Okay. Um, But I would say, like, yeah, it could be a big reference to Princess Mononoke. It could be from Frostbite. Okay. If you look at them up close, you can actually see they have, like, some form of Frostbite. Oh. Like, they their skin's a little blotchy especially on the face. Mm-hmm. So the snipers themselves, they just have two basic attacks. They can shoot at you or they can, if you get too close, it's a little clumsy, but they can do a kind of a bayonet thrust. Right. Um, they're pretty easy, you know, kind of glass cannons as it were, but they're oftentimes covered by this fucking monster of a unit. And that's these like shotgun guys. And like, it's not like a traditional you know, a modern day shotgun where we think of one cartridge that has a bunch of buckshot in it. It's not even like the archaic blunderbuss. It's just a bunch of guns taped together. (laughs) Just strapped together, right? (laughs) It basically, it it looks like a bunch of arquebuses taped together, which I think that's exactly what it is. But yeah, it's just like, it's a scattershot. It's got the same method of like a blunderbuss where it's just almost like a buckshot. Except mm-hmm. obviously it has a lot more firepower than that. Right. But yeah, no, it's uh, it's literally just a bunch of guns taped together. Country girls make do. <laughs> I mean, obviously they're just a big beefier um, unit, mm-hmm. uh, but they really, when juxtaposed against the frailness of the snipers, they seem almost superhuman. 
but all of them, even the shotgun guys, they're they all have this like sniper capability. They have this unerring, you know, long distance accuracy. And that's because of, we've talked about before, the preternatural or supernaturally gifted eyesight of especially a lot of people in Ashina, but especially the snake clan, right? Yes, because they are all descendants of the Okami clan who are renowned in game for their really good eyesight. And the Okami, so Okami, we're going to meet them at the top of Mibu Village. I mean, not this episode, but we're going to beat them to where Mibu Village connects to, at least in game. But Okami, I've heard that in the game up till this point, uh, what's her name uses it? Phantom Lady Butterfly. She says, you've grown stronger, Wolf, uh, when you kill her. And the word she uses is Okami. It, mm-hmm. So these Okami women, are they wolf women? No, they're dragon women. Because Okami is another word for dragon. Oh, how interesting. How bizarre I, I think that it can mean both. I, I think that's definitely like one of those, you know, plan words where it's like, obviously they have different kanji, but it's just like using Okami women and Okami being a dragon and dragon symbolism being a massive, it's just a massive theme in game, but also Wolf being called Okami. Yeah, absolutely. There, There's a, you know, subtle parallel between Wolf and these uh, Okami women. Mm-hmm. Both in the like uh, the proximity to the dragon's heritage, right? Because the Okami women are physically adjacent to it, and uh, Wolf is uh, spiritually connected to it, right? And I can, I mean, like, do you know anything about the the history of the word Okami? Because like, I can see in my mind's eye the connection of how it could be used for Wolf and Dragon, if only because I've seen some. Japanese dragons and their faces are almost canine, right? Like I'm thinking of, uh, you know, there's a modern day example, but I'm thinking of. They're very fuzzy. You're thinking Haku? Haku from Spirit yeah, of the Yeah, exactly. Way? I'm thinking Haku, <laughs> whose like head is basically just a wolf head. Well, it's actually supposed to be a lot li- like close to a lion's head. Interesting. That didn't convey to me, but I can see that now that you say it. Yeah. So there's a direct line from. Uh, the dragon to the Okami women to the snake clan and the snake clan. Are they connected to the giant snakes that we see in Ashina? Yes. So when you think about it, these snakes are Kami and uh, let's just talk about the term Kami for a little while. Cause yeah. the term Kami in Japanese is very roughly translated to God mm. or gods but Kami in Shintoism specifically doesn't necessarily have to be a god. It It's usually like, it's like a deification of something. Because, you know, you could have a sacred item or tree or animal be considered a Kami because it's it's a, a deity or a spirit. Kami is more similar to like spirit. But still, Kami is typically like a worship spirit. Okay. So like in Western canon, if like, or let, let's not Western, let's just take something uh, really uh, familiar to a Western audience though. Uh, in like Greek mythology, I feel like the difference would be instead of worshiping Bacchus, you would worship the vineyard. You know, there would be a kami of the vineyard that wouldn't necessarily have a personification yeah, it, to it. it. Would, well, you could just say like kami has roots in animism. Okay. Like as opposed to worshiping uh, Dionysus, you'd be worshiping the the vineyard because the vineyard has a spirit. Buddhists and um, Shintoists believe that kami exist in almost anything. Um, mm-hmm. It just it just is specific. 
But the way it's set up is like Kami in Sekido could be considered a bunch of different things. Okay. Um, but obviously the best example would be like the D- Divine Dragon. That's absolutely a Kami. But the giant snakes, it's like, okay, but those are just giant snakes. No, they are Kami. They're Kami that used to live and be worshipped in Fountainhead before the Divine Dragon came. To be fair, they are giant fucking snakes. They mm-hmm. are. So these people, they're definitely like heavy descendants from like ancient peoples. They worship these snakes. Because you actually see separate um, statues and offerings and you see certain imagery that tells you that it's still actively worshipped, especially in the Sunken Valley. You see it the most in the Sunken Valley. And just the fact that they can live around the snakes and not be eaten is also indicative of, of that. I mean, they have a relationship. Okay. Yes, they do. Interesting. And so you paint a picture of like the divine dragon. I don't know if we've gone into this in an earlier episode, but most people are probably familiar at this point that the divine dragon kind of ousted the snakes from Fountainhead, right? Mm -hmm. Like the snakes are the old gods, right? Right. But it's not necessarily that it like supplanted them and wiped them out or anything. It just took its their place <laughs> at the head of the pantheon. And so now the snakes occupy a different spot in the pantheon. In fact, one like even closer physically to Ashina. Yes, they're definitely a lot, a lot more tangible. If you go, this is, and this is right before you first encounter the snake. If you go take kind of the long way around Ashina outskirts, you'll kind of see like bits of giant snake skin hanging off the rocks, hanging off the cliffs. Um, so it's just like, huh, that's really interesting. And then of course you meet the giant snake. And you're like, oh, okay. I understand now. Yeah. That also, that also means that that thing probably comes up. Oh, that's scary. Oh no. I mean, I love snakes. I can't lie. But that's like the thought of like a giant snake actively being able to like be out and about is pretty, it's a little unnerving. Uh, yeah. Big Santa snakes myself too. I, I really like reptiles. Uh, uh, I think that you you always know where you stand with a reptile. They don't bond in the same way that mammals do. And so no, you can't be like, well, it's a violent thing. animal, but not to me. It's like, no, if it's a violent animal, it's a violent animal. And you you respect it and you treat it so. Man, that is cool. And yeah, the, the snakes definitely come up. They're super long. They seem to have a lot of passageways through Ashina. So they probably just come up when they're hungry. Oh, God. Could you imagine like if there's just... Like folklore in Ashina, where it's just like, not even folklore, just like troops disappearing at night and you don't know where they went. And it's just like the freaking snakes ate them. Yeah. And that's, you know, what culture doesn't have like, tell your children not to go out at night because something will get them. And Mm -hmm. it's like, yes, at night, a whole bunch of things could be a danger, but you give them one specific fear to solidify that, Mm -hmm. that danger in their mind. Yep. Terrifying. I'm sure Ashina parents tell their children, like, don't go wandering off the path, especially at night, because the giant snakes will eat you. I just want, I just want to boop the snoot. I don't want to stab him in the eye. <laughs> I just want to boop. So we've got the snipers. We've got the shotguns. Um, and also in this area, it's not the first one we encounter, but it's this is where I wanted to talk about them because we're talking about the rest of the uh, snake clan. Um, we can also encounter, if we descended upon this area from in a different uh, order, we can come across a cannon troop too. Yeah. He's fun to find about, find out about if you don't know he's coming. (laughs) 
They always place them in great locations that make you go, wait a minute. You know, what's that giant explosion off in the distance? Uh, yeah, and they are, not only do they have the good eyesight, but they understand, uh, what do you call it, like arcing physics. They understand a parabolic curve like yeah. the rest of them maybe They're don't. aiming not where you are, but where you're going, which is great. <laughs> yeah. Now, this is a From Software staple as well, uh, ever since uh, Armored Core, where they had the grenade launcher as this gigantic cannon. Uh, this like oversized fuck off weapon mm-hmm. in several games, they will add cannons to like, I, I guess what I'm thinking of is uh, uh, a good companion piece to this bloodborne. You know, you have all of these firearms, which are mainly used for parrying and uh, knocking people off their balance. But then you also have this one, you know, arm mounted cannon, which is completely the opposite design philosophy. It's not a pinpoint strike. It is one, one overwhelming force shot. I literally feel like it's a cannon that's been taken off of its wheels and just hauled. Probably. Uh, I mean, they're pretty big. They're pretty big dudes compared to you. But mm-hmm. it's just funny because when you get up and close and personal with them, they literally just bludgeon you to death with it. It's great. Uh, and they have a lot of poise in that, uh, that attack animation. So yep. if you think you're going to nick them out of it, a lot of people get surprised. And I've gotten like thrown off of cliffs because of it. Yep. And to be fair, they're they're not afraid to like set set it off at you when you're like really close to them. Oh yes, point blank cannon shots, just like in Bloodborne, a very good idea for the firer. Not so much for the target. And actually, I never thought about it, but I think you're right. Like they do look like a castle defense cannon that has just been ripped off of its yep. mount, yep. which makes a lot of sense. The first one we see, we come down in Ashina outskirts to those bombed out houses that we find Inosuke's mom in. Mm-hmm. And even up above them, there are constructed defensive emplacements. And it's easy to imagine that they had cannon setups there, but as they were pushed back uh, from that position, one of these conscripted uh, uh, snake clan people just grabbed the cannon and moved back with it rather mm-hmm. than taking the entire mount with them. I mean, if they're strong enough, good for them. More power to them, because, oh my god. It's huge! Yeah, it's gigantic. I fucking love it. Okay, and then the last enemy we can find in the poison uh, uh, swamp proper is one of two uh, uh, Snake Clan mini-bosses that we can run into, and this one is Snake Eyes Shirafuji. What can you tell me about Shirafuji? I know she's the bane of some people's existence, for sure. There's her, and then there's her sister, Shida Fuji. Oh, wait, hold on. Which one is this? This is Shida Hagi. Um, She's one of the first bosses you fight, or that I fought, and I had no problem being hyper-aggressive with, just because both of these, both iterations of these bosses, trying to get over to them was such a pain, especially the one we fight, especially Shida Hagi in the Poison Swamp, because you have to deal with all the riflemen surrounding her. And the terrain is, it's not the easiest to fight on, but you can use it to your advantage, especially because Wolf is such a fucking short king. Mm-hmm. If you get really in her business, she can't actually shoot you. Obviously, besides that one really terrible grab attack. That's the thing that always gets me, because I always feel like, okay, and I dodge now. Nope, she still hooked me. Okay, and I jump now. Nope, she still hooked me. It's interesting how they they classify her. It just says enemy name and location, and it set, classifies them as Okami. 
So they're like, okay, they're they're descendants of Okami warriors. Right. But she she does have her own little unique gun that has a little hook on the end of it um, to grab you in and shoot you in the chest. Giant snake's fang. It looks good. I mean, I hate the move because I find it so difficult to dodge. But that grab, it's really cool because she hooks you behind the neck mm-hmm. uh, 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 with the tooth on her gun yeah. and then sets you up for the like point blank shot. She's also like covered head to toe in like actual clothing um, mm-hmm. as opposed to her counterparts who are not. Mm-hmm. However, she's not wearing any shoes. Huh. What's up with that? I don't know why no shoes. It's interesting that they're like making their home in a poison swamp when they're lore wise, they're apparently very susceptible to poison. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if that's just only Sabimaru. Yeah, Sabimaru. The Sabimaru is essentially like, you know, it's a poison, but it's a specific kind of poison. One of the ways you can beat her, and I know a lot of people do that, that is they lure her into the poison swamp. And just hang out on one of Buddha's hands and just wait for her to slowly die. Oh, right. Because she has a resistance to the poison, unlike uh, her sister, who's above ground, because she has spent so much time in or near the poison. But she still isn't immune, right? Like, I guess they they just can't shut off that stat or something. She has, you know, 999 resistance, but she still takes poison if, if she stays in it long enough. Yeah. And it says here with the fifth the fifth prayer necklace, the gun fort of Sunken Valley is commanded by the Snake Eyes, an elite force of women able to pierce distant targets with mighty flint cannons and phenomenal vision. She definitely has phenomenal vision because she she um I have to point out that her even the animation on her bullet is really cool because oh, it has yeah. this sort of like spiral to it yeah almost implying that her firearm is rifled yes i don't know i think she's cool and also um divine confetti does really well against her really what it just because uh she's kind they're kind of glass cannons too they don't actually have much hp well they're definitely like hardy they're not as bad as ashina elite in terms of glass cannon but they are they do have a little more HP than that, but they can still go down really easily. Also, their mm-hmm. posture is not the highest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you uh, if you do make use of the the poison thing, not only can you poison them, but when they get poisoned, they go into a stun animation, right? Yes. So the title of Snake Eyes is interesting because um, it literally translates to Serpent Eyes. Okay. Or Eyes of the Serpent. Eyes of the Serpent sounds eyes very Eyes of the Serpent. But it says it also refers to a particular kind of umbrella with a bullseye pattern, which could be a hint about using a loaded umbrella against the numerous gunmen and women of the Sunken Valley clan. Yeah, that 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 umbrella worked overtime with me. <laughs> I'm sure. That that is the ultimate, like if you're gonna stop her grab attack, it's the easiest one to use to deflect it. Wait, hold on. She can't grab you if you have the umbrella yep. up? Yes. Oh. That's what I use. See, this is what I get for never learning how to use the umbrella. That's okay. I, I again, used and abused. So uh, her weapon, it's not like the normal rifles. Like, it's a unique thing in the game. I mean, or I guess there's two of them in the game. 
but it's almost like not a normal rifle, almost like an artillery piece. Yes. Do you know anything about the weapon specifically, like any historical examples of it? Um, on the wiki here, it says it's a Hayazutsu, which I've never heard of, but it, it says is some sort of man portable artillery. They're used for artillery. Like this is heavy, heavy firepower, but it mm -hmm. is a real thing that was used and often used in naval warfare uh, to fire incendiary rounds at other ships. It almost looks like a rocket propelled grenade. Like the, it's almost like shooting a firework out of a rifle. Okay. So they are, and they are uh, a clan in and of themselves. They, they govern themselves, but they are also under the employ of uh, Genichiro, presumably. They are guarding these things at his behest. Or are they just guarding their ancestral territory? They're guarding your ancestral territory, I think. Really? Um, okay. So yeah. he may have a uh, a deal with the clans that they are loaning him, especially like those cannon troops, but they're not directly serving in that military. No, no, they're not. Like, I think once you actually pass through the gate to the depths, that's just like its own territory. Essentially, you are you're no longer dealing with Ashina. You're dealing with your own territory. You're dealing with a completely separate territory that just so happens to be part of Ashina. You could say the same thing about that with most of the other areas, like the Sunken Valley, because um, obviously the Sunken Valley is the Snake Eyes territory, so they're going to defend that to the death. Mm -hmm. And then the other, and then Senpo is just that's Senpo. Right. Okay. So almost like each area is showing us a a political power or political dynamic within this ancient kingdom. Mm -hmm. Like in Ashina proper, obviously the Lord is law. And even though they they lay claim to these neighboring areas, these neighboring lands, it's more complicated than just saying, well, the, the Lord's will is law. Because mm -hmm. these other people are like, well, I mean, if the Lord walked in here alone their will wouldn't be law. Like, obviously, we would be the power here. It's definitely like a demonstration of different factions having their own agendas. Mm. Because although you see, like, yeah, you see little Senpo rats working with Genichiro, but, like, obviously, Ishin isn't a fan, so you take him out. Um, you also see Sunken Valley clans people in the um, in Ashina Castle as well as Ashina Outskirts. So, like, you technically see them working together, but when they're in their element, they're like, yeah, this is my space. And the Snake Clan especially, because they're descendants from the Okami, and the Okami were fought against by Ishin's forces, right? They, they... No, that was a long time ago. Oh, oh not, not the, Ishin. The... Okay, this predates Oh, no, that was, that was way, that was probably, like... A good five, six hundred years ago. Oh, okay. So that's ancient. That's like mythology history to that. I really okay. theorize that to be that's when uh, Fountainhead was just fully closed off. Essentially, think of like Fountainhead as like fancy exile. <laughs> right. Uh, well, and they exiled themselves, right? Mm -hmm. They were like, no, 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 we must cut off. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was just they're like, you know, peace out. You guys don't deserve our shit. But that's, you know, that's just totally, that was not Ishii. Ishii, thank God he didn't have to deal with that because that poor man, <laughs> he already has enough to deal with. No, 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 that was really, that was a long time ago. I think it's actually supposed to be like reflective of like wars that actually happened in re real Japan, like the Genpei War. <laughs> oh, okay. I always thought it was like adjacent with the Genpei War. So, you know, that was like a 12th century. 
So I don't know anything about the Genpei War. I maybe it's we've the mentioned Heike, but... the Heike Monogatari. Okay, cool, cool, cool. That is the one that uh, uh, is covered there. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, these these women are guarding this poison pool. You know, their ancestors survived the war with the Okami clan, and they they're they think they will survive this too. I mean, it just shows why they're there. Very resilient. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a people to be respected. Um and. Yes. Again, you know, we can't talk enough about the uh, uh, allusions to Princess Mononoke, but the leaders of the clan are women. Yes, which... I was just going to mention that. Yeah. <laughs> You're in my head right now. Yeah, yeah, Lady Lady Eboshi is very similar to these ladies um, in, in just mostly in the sense that they're women and in charge of a very important operation, especially like a gun one. Yeah, and in fact, she even fights with a a polearm, uh, which is similar to the way that uh, they fight with these guns when they're in close. She fights with the newer prototype once it's developed, and that's closer to like a modern gun. Right. Oh, yeah, that's the one she shoots the god with. Yes. The Kami. Um, Lady Eboshi. Wow. Man, there's so much uh, fan art of Lady Eboshi out there. I love Lady Eboshi. Yeah, she's pretty cool. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Okay. All right. Um, So just past uh, them, what the snake eyes is actually guarding. And this is, man, this specifically this snake eyes. This is the one that got me because the other one you can actually just run past as you're going to the gun for. Yes, power. yes. This one you're stuck with. Yeah, there's a fucking fog wall, which there aren't a lot of parts in the game where they're like, no, you have to do this mini boss. Like, obviously, the bosses you have to do, there's fog walls for that. But most of the mini bosses, they're like, do you want to fight him? Do you not want to fight mm-hmm. him? Um, so th- I can understand why a lot of people, this is a sticking point for them. It was for me for a while. Um, but just past her, what she's actually guarding is the, not the watering hole, but the uh, the living space of the giant ape of Ashina. Uh, this like cave where we won't talk about it today, but there is a very annoying big sticking point fight uh, that can happen in this cave. And we'll get to that when we talk about Sunken Valley. Yes. But um, that's also but- unskippable if you happen to go through there, which is even worse. Mm-hmm. So if you don't want to fight this crazy fight, you go ahead and you do this first before you open up Mibu before you do Sempo or uh, Sunken Valley. Yeah, actually, I think it's Sunken Valley first. I think if you do Sunken Valley first and then Mibu. Yeah, you're right. Sunken Valley is the trigger for this fight. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, uh, 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 so when we, uh, we find this big room, but if we take a short, uh, side path right before it, we can find our first, if we're going this way, our first monkey, uh, up above in this little secret compartment that's right above the, uh, living space itself, this cave, there is a monkey booze item that we can pick up which is attended by, I think, one lone monkey, presumably getting drunk off this booze, or maybe he's the one making it. Mm-hmm. 
what can you tell me about this monkey or about the monkeys of Ashina? <laughs> or so, is the Sunken Valley a better place to talk about them? Um, I can just like briefly go over because okay. monkeys exist in Japan. They are like the funniest little fuckers. Um, they're called Japanese macaques. Okay. If you look up any photo of them, because they're actually considered like cold weather uh, animals, they love hot springs. You you will find photos of these goobers in hot springs just enjoying their time. They look obviously very similar to the monkeys you see in the game, but that's just very that's very much who they're reflective of. Mm-hmm. Because I'm pretty sure that macaques are the, the the Japanese macaques are the only ones that exist in Japan. Mm-hmm. These red faced motherfuckers. Yes. God, they're they're just they're just little dudes, little guys. But obviously, they're not as big as the ones in the game because Ashina is a special case. Yes. <laughs> um, that's for sure. So, yeah, that's that's all I'm going to say about them for now because they're just, there's like a lot of symbolism with them in the game. So, we're just, I'll just name the species that they're uh, named after. I will say that the monkey booze is interesting. Um, there's actual evidence of um, monkeys and primates storing food in you know tree you know like tree holes and mm-hmm. um little hovels and obviously the fruit ferments and becomes alcoholic and they'll eat it and get drunk that's so cute yeah i know uh elephants uh do the same thing with some fermented fruit yes butterflies do the same thing except they don't intentionally store them they just you know if the food the fruit falls on the ground and ferments they'll eat it oh my gosh and does that does that kill the butterfly no no, it's great sugar content. Okay. All right. All right. Cool. Horses will do that too. <laughs> wow. Okay. This monkey may be brewing for the other monkeys. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to meet a couple more coming up. So let's Let move cook. on. Let him cook. <laughs> so we come through this cave. We grapple hook up to uh, uh, a little ledge. And then we come into a forested area. But... The forest is kind of like below us and we are on the treetops, which is a very cool way to come into an area. It speaks to, I think right before we got on, you were talking about it as a an N64 style setup where you come into a platformer game and you, of course, have to go across the roofs of or the the, the treetops of this mist-laden valley. It's the lost woods of this generation. <laughs> It's a great set piece. And I had an experience, I think like a lot of people did, where I tried to just stay in the treetops because I assumed I would take damage if I fell down. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we have our our roosters again, these game fowl, these gigantic tree climbing, terrifying chickens. And one of them knocked me off of a tree. And I was surprised to find that there was actually an area down there. Mm-hmm. What can be a very scary area, but it's not like you just fall into nothingness. And in this area, it's populated by phantoms. Uh, it's mostly those Ashigaru, the mustard soldiery that we are uh, used to fighting, but they are a ghostly version of themselves. Yes. So tell us about this. Why Why are they ghosts? They're most certainly not like they, you could almost argue that they're not actually like real dudes. They're not oh, real. Okay. Um, they're definitely like adjacent to the illusions of Lady Butterfly because you do have some dude conjuring them up, and as soon as he's dead, they believe. So it's listed in the lore that Owl and Butterfly grew up and trained in a forest called Usui's Forest, mm-hmm. meaning it's probably like the forest of this clan, and it's 
kind of implied at certain points this might be the forest that they trained in. Mm-hmm. So the fact that Lady Butterflies knows Lady Butterfly knows illusions could be like, oh yeah, this is where she learned it. Cause it's it's a very similar technique, especially when she summons her illusions. It gets all misty. Oh yeah. And they are, we're gonna talk about them, but the illusions she summons are physically identical to the Mibu villagers we're gonna come across. Yes. So they're they're very similar to the phantoms you see in this area. But keep in mind, like when I say phantoms in this area, I really mean it. I mean the phantoms just in this area because you do get like phantoms in other places, but it's a completely different situation. Well, fascinating. Okay, so they are illusions. They are being perpetuated by one uh, localized source. But uh, what we have here was it looked like an occupied or a lived in valley complete with, you know, a main house that we find that puppeteer in basically. Mm -hmm. So Maybe they're not literally ghosts, but I almost feel like these could be the people that lived here that like, what's his name, maybe grew up around. But maybe that's before his time, uh, uh, Owl. Also, like, Ashia, the land's kind of haunted. It's kind of like really haunted because um, there's a, a couple big wars have been fought just in this small expanse of land in general. Yeah, it's a colonized land. And like lots of people in the world can... You know, if you look into the history of where you live, you can relate to that. Like there are ghosts inhabiting the the places you live. Okay, so there's a bunch of Ashigaru, mustard soldiery, and I think even dogs. But also down in this first area of the woods, we can find a terrifying enemy that we have not talked about yet. And I think this is a good place to talk about it because we're talking about so many phantoms and spirits here. This is the first time I came across a headless. Was it on accident or was it totally intentional? Oh, it's so intentional. I saw that guy and I was like, <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm no, get I totally, you. yeah, I totally dropped down there intentionally. No, a rooster definitely didn't uh, knock uh, you the fuck knock out. me down to the ground yeah. and then someone pulled my soul out of my <laughs> asshole. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, no, it's great. All the environments you fight the headless in are just so creepy. Because mm-hmm. there's a bunch of them, and you know we'll we'll talk about all of them eventually. But this guy is so scary. Um, and this is like definitely the first headless I fought was just out of curiosity in the Ashina outskirts. We were just mm-hmm. exploring. We were exploring. We oh, saw you the- found that guy so fast. Wow. Yep, we 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 were exploring because we saw that note, and I was playing with a bunch of friends when Sekido first released, and I was just like, I'm gonna go investigate that. And everyone was like, mm, You sure about that? Looks scary. So course, there was a note. Yep, there's a little, there's an ominous note there that says our, our spears and swords did nothing, you know, when referring to the headless. Well, mm-hmm. the, this first one that we're mentioning is fought in the Misty Woods, the Misty, Misty Swisty Woods. It, it has an interesting mechanic where it fills the arena with fog that makes it very hard to move. Mm-hmm. which is very interesting because it's I think it's one of the only ones that do that. I don't think any other boss does that where it beyond like the ones that are underwater because that don't that doesn't count. Right. No, I think you're right. I think it's unique to the headless, but all of the headless minus the underwater ones, they all have this debilitating movement debuff aura around them. Yes. The underwater ones are actually the easier ones to fight. Because mm-hmm. you're very mobile. Yeah. Even the ones where you're just fighting two of them is really easy. So obviously the headless has no head. Sans head. How did it lose its head? Um, 
it's definitely implied that they might be old heroes or samurai. Okay. Because they drop certain. So, you know, you have the shudders. And this one drops Gachin's spirit fall. Oh, interesting. Which is the uh, stealthy one, Sneaky which one. makes sense for the environment, right? It's the village of mist, the, the, the wood of the mist, and you get a stealth-based thing from defeating this headless. So here's, here's the lore. He's actually, it says, Fallen Headless Spirit of Gachin. Headless are the ruined form of corrupted heroes who once fought for their country. This one specifically says, I'm falling to pieces, said the man to himself, drifting deep into the forest. So it's basically a dude who got lost in the woods and somehow ended up losing his head. But they were considered like, quote unquote, heroes. It's kind of gross because their their bodies are malformed and they look like rotting corpses. Mm Because, you know, when obviously when corpses begin to rot they begin to expand mm-hmm. and, sag uh, and, and, and bloat, bloat yeah. and bloat and obviously the extremities start to blacken and decay um but obviously since this is an apparition it's just stuck like that mm-hmm. but yeah this is the sneaky one this is the sneaky boy um he does this one cool attack that is very unique to just the headless and that he uh has a perilous attack which he grabs you reaches into your asshole and pulls out your soul, which is amazing. (laughs) Which very unnerving to see (laughs) as someone who isn't uh, uh, familiar Uh... with this mythology, right? But this is from a belief in, I don't know if it's Shintoism or something, that there is an organ in the anus that contains the soul. Yes, it's called the Shiriko Dama. Okay. And it's it's jewel. Apparently, jewel might be the better translation. The jewel of the anus. Ha- yes, it's supposed How's to your have- anus jewel doing today? Yes, uh, it's uh, it's a little sun poisoned today, so she's hiding. <laughs> she's she's really up there. <laughs> she doesn't want to see the sun today. <laughs> um, it's basically just like okay, if you get your soul ripped out, you die. Obviously, yeah. obviously. Mm-hmm. But it's also supposed to be tied into Buddhist lore. Okay. Um, which is the Hoji, a sacred and all-powerful gem in Buddhist lore, which is kind of what people are saying it's jewel instead of ball. But um historically, the Shirigo Dama was a really, really popular dish of kappa, the kappa yokai. Ah. And they're like the turtle people river spirits, right? Yes, they're mischievous little re- uh, river spirits who will reach in your ass and pull out your 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 soul. Um, drowning. Vi- so here's here's why it says drowning victims are usually found with a distended anus or swollen anus when they are recovered from the water. Um, so that's why they always thought like that's why kappas ate your soul. But it says mm-hmm. they de- detest farts. They detest farts. They detest farts. And the easiest way to trick them is bowing at them so they'll bow bow back and they'll spill the water that's stored in their head. But you can apparently fart on them to... There's like a woodblock print that I have that's just like someone farting at them and they, they're like repelled. And it's like, boy, do I feel that. That is amazing. <laughs> Anyways, this fights, these fights are pretty, pretty challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, just because not only do you have the mechanic of slowed movement but you also have the fear mechanic yeah so it's essentially when you don't deflect properly or you get hit your fear mechanic fills up kind of like the shichiman warrior um but that's that's what the apparition enemies do 
Yeah, pretty pretty terrifying um, and difficult to sneak up on. Like, I don't know if you can even get the stealth death blow to, I, to make I've it easier. Tried. I've never tried. Um, okay, and this is Gachin, and Gachin is um, a Senpo monk, or this is just a... Or this is the dude, is the apparently. sugar just named after it's this It's named person. after this dude. Just a hero of Ashina. Got yep. it. And as we discussed uh, uh, previously, the sugars are all named after heroes of Ashina, except for the yellow one, because it comes from a different monastery. Um, But it says it's the spirit of Gokan. So I'm pretty sure they all like name the fact that it's named after these spirits. Interesting. Every single spirit fall has the name of these spirits. Now, now Gokan, like the sugars are made in different places, but this is like essentially their very essence you're taking on. Well, a terrifying enemy nonetheless. Uh, yeah, I love the the allusion to Kappa because they don't exactly look like the, um, you know, they're not exactly turtle people, but the the neck hole is almost like the top of a Kappa head where they store the water, but also it uh, the two that we end up fighting uh, uh, under the water, kind of an allusion to them as well. Also, they make like gurgling sounds. It's gross. It's absolutely, it's viscerally, this is like a viscerally horrifying boss fight to me. All of the headless make gurgling sounds because they just have a neck hole? Yes. Oh, yeah, no, it's disgusting. Um, But it's great because it's like, oh, 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 you know, it's just one of those, you know, it's upsetting to think about, but, you know, you gotta, you gotta deal with it. Yeah, a very detailed model because you can see a neck hole, but you can also see their spine. You can see the severed vertebra. Uh, yeah, no, they're just, they're viscerally horrifying to think about and look at. Um, the, and so we well, love them. When we talk about the drowned ones, we're going to talk about how even they, they look even worse. Another thing is that like their blades... They're very similar. To, some of them look like they're very similar to Divine Confetti, but it's like the antithesis of Divine Confetti. They have that that purple effect on it. Yeah, it's like the purple effect without the brilliance. It's like the container without its contents. It's, <laughs> sorry. It's like the Shichiman Warrior where, you know, you see a lot of purple on them, mm-hmm. but it's just kind of like sinister. Mm. Terror. Too much being open to uh, divinity. You got. You got to close your mind off, people. Too much pissing your pants in fear. Yeah, you'll die. We can't. So we can fight that guy. We might just decide not to. <laughs> but if we go past him into the next area and go around, I think there's even a pathway that you can get there uh, right. in this in the first uh, uh, woods uh, area. Um, but if we take this path around, which I think is the critical path, you have to take it in order to get up to a place where you can get into the house. We'll find another mini boss who probably looks familiar to us. Tokujiro the glutton. I mean, it's literally just a reskin. <laughs> is it even reskinned? Is there anything different about the or model? No, no, I thought not it was a reskin, just a rehash. Model. Rehash, my bad. It, so is there anything about Tokujiro? Is he related to Juzo, the drunkard, or? Not that I'm aware of. I think he drops like either coins or he more than likely drops alcohol. Um, he drops unrefined sake and a prayer bead. Yeah, funny. Does Juzo drop uh, alcohol? Yeah, he drops unrefined sake in a prayer bead. <laughs> so it's literally the same dude again. Yeah, so I assumed they were brothers, you know, that there was some explanation for the two of them looking identical. 
and just one being a drunkard and one being a glutton. But I suppose not. It's, I mean, they're definitely both drunk. Uh, but we do like him. I like him. I like him more than the other one because instead of hanging out with a bunch of bandits, he is hanging out with monkeys. He's sitting down at a fire with these monkeys, just like hanging out. You know, I don't know if he's training with them or something. These monkeys have swords and one of them even has a rifle. This is the first time we find out that monkeys can shoot guns, which is terrifying. But yeah, I just thought, when I came across him, I liked him because he's having these like societal human relationships with non-humans, which is always fun to see. I think the monkeys like are kind of portrayed to be pretty human-like. I think mm-hmm. there's actually some like lore behind it being like the like human spirits, like children. So the spirit of child, spirits of children. Oh, interesting. There is a lot of spirits of dead children inhabiting or coming back in this. Um, but they're they're definitely like demonstrated to have like higher uh sentience than like normal monkeys um yeah and maybe that's because of the waters maybe it's because of their proximity to divinity uh because a lot of them inhabit the sunken valley and these ones these ones are near mibu which is near which is a pathway to the divine realm fountainhead and then the other ones uh the ones in sunken valley they are on their way to the ape and the ape is like you know it's an albino ape it's almost a kami to itself mm-hmm. okay so we go past them we find this upper uh, uh the or what do you call it this this upper path to the big house this manor um which is the only structure in within the woods uh and inside that we find our first uh, fountainhead noble but at this point it's just called a mist noble yes it's the hardest boss of the game obviously yeah obviously uh i've seen some great memes here it's like miss uh, uh noble destroyer of worlds and it has five uh death blow uh, <laughs> bars <laughs> miss noble destroyer of worlds that's really good thank you so miss noble it's it's hard to go into his lore uh, too much, but he's basically guarding, passively guarding uh, the entrance to Mibu, which is obviously the entrance to Fountainhead, with this really high-powered illusion magic. Because mm-hmm. not only is he summoning guards, the, the uh, what do you call it, the um, Ashigaru phantoms, phantoms yeah, that the we phantoms. find, but also, like, you cannot pass the mist, the illusion, without uh, wiping him out. Yes, as well as the fact that, like, when you go in his quote-unquote boss arena, you know, it's a little bit of an older-looking temple, but there's, like, mummified Buddhists lining the way to uh, this altar. But, uh, you know, the whole illusion itself, because, like, when you beat him, like, the whole lighting changes. But essentially, when you first get to the mist woods, there's this sort of, like, burning um, pyre... Uh, it, there's a Buddhist right next to it, like he's like dying, and he's right mm-hmm. under the statue of Buddha. Buddha saying like, "You need to go kill this guy. He is mm-hmm. like committing sacrilege right now, like towards Buddha. It's so bad. Please, please go kill him." So he's surrounded by Buddhist mummies, which is called Sokushinbotsu. Okay, and this is a real world practice. Yes, right? yes, yes. It's basically an act of becoming like a quote unquote living Buddha. Okay. But it's observing asceticism to the point of death and entering mummification while alive. So they basically mummify themselves and they basically putrefy um, in the name of their religion. But the interesting part here is that like 
from what we know and what we've been told, this Miss Noble is obviously not a good thing, at least just from hearsay. Mm-hmm. There is an interesting statue that's right across from where he's playing over the little altar pyre. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like a Buddha covered in red cloth and ofuda. The the little uh paper charms. Okay, right, 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 right. But here's a cool here's an even cooler part when like obviously when the when you kill the Miss Noble, everything disappears and the statue's gone. The corpses are still there though, but they're like all strewn <laughs> out across the ground, meaning they were they were probably at one point could have been like the friends of the monk that uh was telling you to kill it. <laughs> mm, right, right, right. But they've all since succumbed to the illusion. Yeah. I also want to point out, because I did say, like, I don't really think they might be dead people, but, like, you do see great, like, once the, especially once the mist disappears, you can really see not only graves, but you see willow trees. Um, And willow trees are very, very symbolic in Japanese folklore with ghosts. Ah. Yanagi um, is what they're called. Willow trees are very heavily associated with ghosts um, and spirits. So seeing ghosts everywhere is kind of like, okay, were they real people? Were they not? Also, I just realized that the the dude who told you to kill this Miss Noble is like burning a pyre of what looks like Ofuda, mm. more Ofuda, <laughs> and graves. So the symbolism, the the imagery is here is quite striking. Like, you know, uh, he's manifesting like an image of the Buddha, which is drawing, it's, it's fooled these monks into thinking they are really on the path to the Buddha. But he is really just using this image of Buddha, this image of protecting this place to manipulate all of these, these monks, but also these spirits that are arising. Plus the fact that like the actual statue of Buddha is like way further in the forest is like, okay, that's not actually the real Buddha because he keeps saying, return Buddha to his place, please. Also, the whole house is just like gone. It's just like a rotting, a rotting house. Like, okay, you beat up the Miss Noble and he's a rotting, it's a rotting house. Also, there's like hanging bodies all over the place, um, which is interesting. <laughs> no comment, I guess. I guess Bloodborne referenced something, something. <laughs> uh, I could just be a method of execution. I mean, there might not, or just a way of like displaying the dead. It could be a bunch of things, but. A warning. Yeah, it has a lot of bodies with like lamps hanging off of them and spirit emblems, um, meaning they might not have died in the best of circumstances. Oh, yeah. Very sad. Okay, so we we come away from the hardest uh, boss in the game, uh, barely with our lives. We kill this Miss Noble. It shatters the illusion. Our preconceptions of Buddhism are all in tatters. And then we have to descend once again uh, down to Mibu Village. And before we get to the village proper, we can encounter, depending on not this way that we've gone, but we can encounter phantom night jars. Can you tell me what's up with these phantom night jars or why they're here or what the trigger is even for them being there? It has to be considered like sunset. So like it's going to be the last area you visit. So you'll you'll get phantoms in areas that you visit last and they kind of carry the connotation that these are the souls of the dead um you mm-hmm. find them in interesting spots that kind of so you know like you see you see night jars like all over the place right mm-hmm. so like it kind of makes sense that there's one down here because you know they're like spies 
you yeah. know, they're technically shinobi, so it would make sense that they're down here. Um, and maybe one of them died and couldn't move on because, like, he couldn't complete his mission. Ah, so spies sent from Ashina proper to check out or keep an eye on Mibu Village. Yes, but they didn't succeed. Interesting. Okay, they were killed. One does not simply walk into Mibu Village. No. And then just below them is another spy, another goddamn shinobi, one of these inner ministry shinobi in the purple garb. Yeah, the fancy kind, because he's all gussied up. He's your first uh, poison guy. Oh. Uh, he's the first one who throws poison at you with his left hand, which we haven't talked about this before, but the hand is like withered. You know, the one that's hidden underneath the cape is compl- is just like kind of black and withered and doesn't look right. Oh. Meaning that's probably the, the hand they use these really, really terrible poisons with. And it's only the poison ones that have this withered hand? No, I mean, they all do. Oh, interesting. How bizarre. Um, Meaning they've probably all worked with it, but obviously, specifically a lot of the ones with the white hood, it could be like a specialty thing or a rank thing. Okay. Because later in the game, you fight Vilehand, who's like, looks like your stock standard loan shadow, but he uses, with a black hood, but he uses a uh, poison. Right. He's got that specialization. Okay. He's got that that vile hand. (laughs) Hey, you got that vile hand? You got that vile hand. (laughs) That's fucking great. And he is stood up at the edge of the village. So even he is, I mean, I guess there's an interpretation that he's waiting for you or waiting for people from Ashina to kill them before they can ask for help from Mibu village. But I presume that he's waiting there because he's maybe even seen the bodies of the Nightjar. And he's like, well, this place is not friendly. Maybe I'll just keep an eye from a distance. He's also standing over something. What's that? I never noticed. I think he's standing over a treasure carp scale. Oh, okay. Meaning he could have like killed a treasure carp in that spot or he just found it in that spot. But it said, you know, it says to the average person it is just a beautiful scale. Obviously, it's really, really pretty and it's probably kind of big. So it's mm. very noticeable. So it's just him deducing like, what the fuck is this? But you, you don't know when he got there, but obviously it seems like he hasn't been there for very long. Mm-hmm. He might have even just gotten there like after you or before or before you. Yeah, he's also the first one that we come across that has a dog with him. No, he doesn't have dogs. He has one dog that alerts him. If you try to sneak up on him, there's one dog. Oh, you're talking him. about the one on the ledge. Yeah. Yeah, Which yeah. It's right, his dog, right. I assume, because it alerts him. If you if you try to sneak up on him, the dog alerts him. So you have to go through a whole, if you want to stealth kill him, you have to go through a whole rigmarole where you kill the dog, run away so he deagros, then come back and stealth kill him. He can still go up that cliff, though, where the dogs are. Like, he can actually follow you up that. Oh. You'd have to really, really run away, but he's pretty mobile and he'll follow you. That's why you gotta. That's why you gotta fight him in the in the pit. You know, you gotta you gotta jump in the pit and beat him. Uh, okay, so we go past him. We go past a memorial mob that sells so, Ashina sake. Mm, and I think some uh, the things I never buy. I think I thought they were gonna be so good when I started the game, and then I was like, oh, I'll never use this. Uh, one of the gourds he sells that. Maybe it's the poison. Oh yeah, gourd. I also never use those. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it. That was the fear ones, the one that helps you with your uh, the fear meter. Oh, okay. So not a bad placement in case you died to your first headless and you're like, I do want to take on that guy. It could help you if you go back to him. But again, it's just like 
Uh, I feel like you get enough pacifying agent and all of the other just the single use cures. They're like, what's the point of using this? Yeah. And past him is Mibu Village proper. Now, Mibu Village has some beautiful huts and then it has one central manor that the, uh, uh, what do you call it? The head of the village, the, the priest, know, the priest is living in. Take me on a journey. Tell me about Mibu Village. Why is this place important? So you may or may not notice that these guys, um, they seem a little zombie-like and you can kill them with quotes around kill, but then mm-hmm. they rise from the ground again. And you'll start to notice like an emphasis on water, um, especially around this area. Um, obviously, it's been talked about in the game already, but specifically this area, you'll see like, you know, there's a huge lake, there's waterfalls, but you'll see them kind of like rummaging around the water. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll see the little strips of cloth that have the carp slugs on them, which is gross. Um, this one's interesting. A lot of people miss it. You will see a Shimanawa, a giant sacred rope that, you know, also denotes a sacred space mm-hmm. um, strung across the village entrance. That's just fucked. It's completely fucked. It has snakeskin on it. Oh, um, wrapped into the, the rope. Me, so we're, we've, we we talked about the, the Buddha, there being a false Buddha in the forest and that this this surviving monk wants us to return the Buddha to its rightful place. This like intertwining of the rope and the snakeskin is that like the intertwining of Japanese like Shintoism, animism, and Buddhism? Well, it's also like Mibu itself because I I said there's a lot of good like visuals in Mibu. Mm-hmm. I would say like a visual only sort of subplot going on in Mibu is this kind of antithesis of Buddhism. Um, so like the destruction of of Buddhism because obviously okay. like. And the corruption. Sure. Yes, you see lots of headless Buddhas everywhere in the village. You see headless Buddhas. You see like the deterioration of sacred spaces. And you also see like, so this is an interesting thing. These these little fireflies you see, they are another representation of spirits. Ah, okay. The fact that you see them everywhere is another thing. And you'll you'll actually see more willow trees the further you get into uh Mibu. But still, um it's uh kind of interesting how you kind of walk in and obviously this is like a really fucked up shitty village, but you really see that at one point it could have been like something. It just sucks now. I can indicate to you what the smell of this place probably smells like. Oh, I never thought about it. Do you know what uh, cherry blossoms smell like when they've been rotting in water for a little while? No. What what do they smell like? It smells like it smells rotten. Um, If you like trail the edges of the lake, you will see cherry blossoms that are like brown now because they're they're rotting. So, you know, it's it's also a great like symbolic representation of, okay, this place is no is like. There's something wrong with this place, essentially. <laughs> There's definitely something wrong with the villagers. They're they're very zombie-like, and they kind of remind you of the test subjects in the abandoned dungeon with the way they behave, kind of like mindless. So that's like a great indication of, hmm, maybe this has something to do with like not only the abandoned dungeon, but like what they're experimenting on people with, because they're very similar. When you go into one of the houses, you actually find like a totally sane, well somewhat sane person the basket basket man 
<laughs> who talks to you about um uh the water makes you go insane like the more mm. water you drink the more you deteriorate and then like the priest the head of this village kept giving people like sake to make them drink more water because he's like uh... well when you drink sake you get thirsty and then you want to drink more water and then you drink more sake and you get thirsty and you want to drink more water it's a vicious cycle yes but oh my god I just, I just got to mention the carp slugs. Yeah, tell me about that. I what never even noticed that there were slugs on the carp. This yeah, is very no, no, no. They're not slugs on the carp. They're slugs that have the color and partial shape of carp. Oh, like maybe the carp aren't normal fish. Like these are becoming carp. Yes, they are. They're becoming carp. That's disturbing. Yeah. So, so you'll see them all over the the village and in in piles. You'll actually even see them on shrines, like piled up on shrines. It's very like, um, it reminds you of like a fishing hamlet. This whole place is very like similar to fishing hamlet. A hundred percent. I mean, it is literally a fishing hamlet, but whatever. <laughs> um, is it? Do they fish here? Yeah. Yeah. They have a lot of fishing equipment there. They got, they got spears, they got oars, they got nets. You see, they have boats. Um, yeah, they, they do. They probably do a lot of fishing there. And a hmm. lot of the, the setup is actually uh, places for them to dry fish. So, mm. and I'm sorry if you uh, mentioned this and I spaced out, but they are eating the sediment, right? They're drinking the water, which is really heavy with the sediment, as well as the fact that it's so close to Fountainhead Palace that it's basically they're getting the concentrate. Plus, they're technically getting off the run, the runoff when you think about it, because, um, you know, obviously the water purely from the source is, you know, it's very it's pure water. Um, it has very different effects depending on where you are, but sediment is a, you know, it's what settles at the bottom. So like, you know, this might be a, where they got it because mm -hmm. you also meet the red eye carp here. And that's another thing you need for a quest line that has to do with the abandoned dungeon. Um, but yeah, no, they're very similar and they have very similar effects where, you know, like red eye enemies, which have been tainted with sediment, fear fire and these villagers fear fire. Okay, just like um, Genichiro has been drinking the sediment to give him this uh, this corrupted immortality. Mm -hmm. Sweet, sweet mood. This mm -hmm. is definitely like immortality, but like in the worst of ways where it's like, yes, you're immortal, but also you're a zombie. Oh, yeah. Immortality bad, guys. If, immortality if, if, bad. If we haven't talked about this, because I, I assume we didn't have to cover it because it's been so well covered by you and uh, Acer Aesthetic and... Uh, uh, Sophie, but like immortality bad. The whole framing of this game is that immortality is not good and easily corrupts bad, no good, no form yeah. of it is good. And it, there's a price. Yes. Uh, and even the immortality of things that are bigger than, you know, individual organisms, bigger than mankind or, or, or animals, like Buddhism, the Buddha and stuff, even that stuff, it's immortal, but it's not unchangeable. It's not uncorruptible. It's not like, you know, immortality is never a pretty thing. No, and and it really shows that, how can I put this? Um, no matter what route you go in terms of immortality, not only will you not come out the same, but you're going to come out worse. Because mm -hmm. like Wolf, despite being immortal, two things, he loses his memory. Mm-hmm. And this is technically not too much of an effect on him, but affects everyone around him. He spreads dragon rot mm -hmm. with, every, you know, with each death, he basically spreads a whole plague. So it's not good. Also, Kudo is like fated to die young. 
he, you know, they basically cough themselves to death. Like they catch an illness and slowly deteriorates their health and they die young. The all, all of the divine heirs, including Takedu. Yeah. So even if you personally can be immortal, there there is a price somewhere along the line. Even if you're not paying it, it's it's your loved ones or it's your countrymen or it's someone. Entropic decay is what they call that. Mm, I like that. I don't like that, but I like that. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's, I'm glad that things have to get recycled. Nothing can last forever. Yeah. Oh, another thing is that there is like an agrarian aspect to Mibu, but it's not oh, very yeah. good because the water here is so shitty. Also, the soil is not supposed to be very good, but like, again, it, they're not in the best part of Ashina for it. So like you can actually see in like one of the corners that they're trying to grow rice. It's just not working. That's okay. They don't need it. They just need water. Yeah, no. Girl girl dinner. (laughs) They just need their girl dinner. I heard theorized (laughs) that in the sediment bite might be the the centipede eggs. And that's why Uh, uh, everyone's getting the immortality. No. Ew. I I mean, I don't agree with that because I think that um, I think it's more implied that it's in the fish. Um, So like you shouldn't eat the fish. Mm, okay. But I think it's more the fact that the water is supposed to be derivative of the divine dragon, who is basically, you know, who's the source of the water and the immortality. Also, the 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 soil is supposed to be really terrible in nutrients anyways. Why is that? Is there is there a reason? Oh, it's just, it's been noted how the soil is terrible, especially for like growing, um, or uh, especially for harvesting any sort of metals. Yeah, I guess we always get scrap metal. We never get like a slab of something. No, we don't. Okay. Um, well, we do fight or we can fight the villagers. It's not much use. They just get back up basically or they respawn out of the ground. Uh, so you can find the villagers themselves. They're one, unlike most enemies in Ashina, very short. Yes, Almost like they're all old or almost like the nutrition down here is just so bad that no one can grow to the height that other uh, creatures in Ashina They're just do. sipping on the water. Um, yeah. And I guess if you don't eat anything anymore, you just drink water and sake. You're, mm-hmm. you're not going to grow. Also, uh, they, they might not eat the fish. They they, they might be like, mm, we're not going to eat that. They do have a ton of fish in their lake and they pro- they might have stopped eating it. And even then, the, the fish have the, the waters in their in their system so it's just like supplementing it's just supplementing their malnutrition Mm -hmm. Uh, so they'll come at you with rudimentary weapons like mostly farming equipment used as weapons like giant paddles yeah um there's one version that actually is they'll throw things at you they'll throw like little fear bombs at you i don't even know what they are Oh, really? They just, like, throw little fear bombs at you. They have, like, the little lanterns, and they throw the smoke bombs at you that cause fear. Yeah, I guess I run through so fast, I never even noticed a fear yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, building up. Uh, so yeah, I never noticed those ones. Okay, so there's ones that throw stuff at you. Um, and then we also, uh, they attack you in a different form. I don't know if they can do it in the first part of the area, but they definitely can in the second, where it's a grab attack, but from underneath the ground. Like they just rise up out of the ground and drag you down. And I don't think it even does damage. It just makes you vulnerable to the other ones attacking you. Oh, the ones that come from the um, the cherry tree that are yes. under the roots of the cherry tree. 
Okay, tell me about that. What's up with, why are they coming up from under the roots of the cherry tree? I would say that they're like, well, because first of all, they're all coming from the ground anyways, but the ones that are like in the ground might be like, okay, this is the easiest way to get water without uh, and become one with the, you know, a literal symbol of fountainhead without drowning themselves. Mm. Um, being all the more closer to the symbol of like essentially immortality, even though like in real life, that's, it's the opposite. Mm-hmm. It could be that it could be that they're just trying to become closer, you know, like, oh, I can become immortal if I just become a tree. So they're just burying themselves near the tree in hopes to become part of the tree. Essentially. Okay. So what you're saying is that this is the tree that becomes the Erd tree. Yes. Elden Ring 2 confirmed. Confirmed. Uh, Okay. And then in that same area, we can fight a Terra Trooper or at least one of them that has the fucking, the very unique one that has the bell. Yeah. Another one without the armor. And then there's other Terra Troopers on the hill with the right in the rice paddies um, that have hammers. So are are Terra Troopers just ubiquitous? Like this is just a thing that happens in Ashina? Yeah. They're a native Ashina people. Okay. So So these aren't necessarily like conscripted or from Sempo no. or anything. They could just be the children of Mibu village that developed gigantism. Yes. And I think it's implied at some point that a lot of people who live in Mibu did that to escape the war, to escape the coup. They could all, in fact, most of them could just be refugees. That makes a lot of sense and makes them even more pitiful. I feel, I try never to kill them. I feel so bad for these villagers. You just run past them. It's fine. So another person I usually run past uh, who do not have to fight, I feel like a lot of people run past her after meeting her a couple of times. Uh, We do get this, maybe the most frustrating or what do you call it? Confidence shaking uh, mini boss in the game. And that's Orin of the Water. Where is Lord Sakuza? Oh, you're a liar too. I love her. (laughs) She's queen. She is another apparition type. She has an interesting story, but I want to talk about her design first. She's wearing a pink kimono that has like a flowing water pat water pattern. Um, mm. She's also standing in front of graves, which is like mm, a little sus, <laughs> you know, because obviously like she'll talk to you and she'll be like, do you know where Lord Sakuza is? Mm-hmm. And if you're like, of course, like, I don't fucking know where this, du- this dude is. Who is that? We don't even know who he is. Mm-hmm. But she wears an outfit that's very similar to Kolmusol, which were a type of monk that... So, so swords. Let's talk about swords. Swords in the Edo period, unless you were a samurai, you were not allowed to have them. Mm-hmm. So they would carry they would have the little straw basket head and they would have the yeah the straw the straw hat and then they would carry a flute called a shakuhachi and hidden in these flutes was a katana for swords so but they like obviously couldn't like they're like yeah it's my musical instrument what are you gonna do about it so she she's playing a shamisen, mm-hmm. and she pulls a sword right out of her shamisen. So so that's very like okay, yeah, this is very similar. It's not the Edo period yet, but it's it's just like an illusion to Komuso. 
she does ask you where Lord Sakuza is. We don't know who he is. Mm-hmm. And, and no matter what we do answering her, she gets mad at you and she's like, you're lying to me. Just like a narcissist, there's no right answer. Uh-huh, They're not looking uh-huh. for information. They're she looking to, to punish you. Jump you. And she she's another apparition. So she's got that cool foggy effect. Um, but she's not hittable at certain like she, you can't damage her at certain points. You kind of have to wait for her to attack you. And then you can attack her or you can block or do whatever you need to do. But she's she's pretty challenging. Oh, another thing, uh, her boss, her boss arena, quote unquote, is surrounded by willow trees, which is another big hint. And she's dead. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but her her lore is interesting. I mean, we should probably talk about Jinzaimon Kumano. Jinzaimon Kumano. Shinobi, have you ever heard someone playing the shamisen around here? Yes. He is the big samurai dude you meet outside of the arena where the Lone Shadow Longswordsman is. Big dude um, with a, a purple cape. He is talking about, like, do you hear, like, a shamisen? Because I hear one, and we obviously can't. But he, he's he got a very interesting uh, look. He actually looks very similar to... What the hell is this dude's name? The dude from Yojimbo. I, oh, Toshiro Mifune is who he looks like. If you look, oh up, right, that yeah, actor. Yeah, he looks exactly. He looks very, very similar to Toshiro Mifune. Yeah, um, George Lucas's of, first pick for uh, Obi Wan. Really? No shit. Yeah, he wanted that guy real. I bad. had no clue. I mean, I'm not saying he's one for one like this guy, but he's he's very similar. Mm-hmm. He he evokes like if this guy was a, in a movie, Toshiro Mifune would be playing this guy. Yes, absolutely. So your quest is he just like asks you, do you hear this, uh, this shamisen? Because he's like literally leaning over like, oh my God, what is this music? This beautiful music. So you snap him out of it. And also he, he asks you your name. You don't give it to him. And he's like, I'm going to guess you're a shinobi. And then he says nothing like Wolf didn't say anything else. And he says your manners could use some work as well. And it's just like. That's good. That's a great. It's like they're calling he called Wolf Rude. Um, he's got a very interesting accent. Like if you listen to him in the in the Japanese dub, he has a very westernized accent. Interesting. But okay, so you meet him at the Ashina Reservoir, and then after you defeat the the lone Shadow Longswordsman, you meet him again further into the dungeon, right before the Ashina Deaths. Mm-hmm. And he's still talking to you about the music, and you're like, I can't hear it, dude. You meet him again right at the beginning of the Hidden Woods. And he was like, dude, I just saw her. Like, I just saw this lady. And he's like, you still can't hear this bitch. Of course we can't. Then we meet him again, Mibu, right before the Odin fight. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I don't know why. I I don't know why this place is like getting to me. And I just, uh, you know, this is this place is so weird. Like, also, maybe I don't feel so well. So, well, he actually, if you kill Odin before you even talk to him, he aggros immediately. Oh, interesting. Okay. And I assume we're getting to why that is. Okay. Go ahead. So she's looking for Sakuza and obviously you piss her off. Also, if you don't talk to her at all and you try to go past her, she, she'll appear on the bridge and block your way. Yeah. She's like, why are you ignoring me? <laughs> exactly. Pay attention to me. Like a narcissist. Exactly. So, so you kill her. And she she starts talking about like this child. So so we can assume Lord Sakuza is like a samurai who fought in uh, the coup 
because maybe she hid herself in Nibu Village to escape the coup, which is like kind of what I theorize about. So she's been dead for a while. Yes. And we, I think it's implied she might have died in childbirth. She uh, might have. She okay. might have. Also, she's just kind of like solitary. It's kind of, it's kind of sad. She's very alone. Yeah. Um, But she kind of thanks you for it, essentially for killing her. Mm-hmm. She says she's so glad. And it's, she said that Sakuza brought me this man in my stead. Now, apparently there is a possible translation era, error okay. because it was mentioned. So I'll read, I'll read, you get a, you get an item from uh, Jinzaimon Kumano mm-hmm. um, at the end of his quest and you get Jinza's Jizo statue. Um, Buddha F- effigy bound in light pink cloth, which actually looks almost exactly like her kimono that she's wearing. Mm-hmm. To enswathe a Jizo statue is to express feelings of parental love. Lord Sakaza, please take this cloth and use it to bundle this little one so that may he may live on in peace. Apparently, it was translated wrong, and uh, Jin Zaimon is supposed to be her son. Ah, and it was never really mentioned, but in in the in a proper translation, that's what it was. Okay, so it makes sense. So he's drawn to this place because this is the place of his birth. This is where his mother's spirit cannot rest. Mm-hmm. Um, and by putting her, like killing her after she's met him, so presumably, she gets to see that her life is not, you know, is is not in vain. She she got what she wanted out of life, even though she died. Yes, and it's kind of like it's either a strip of her. Kim- it looks exactly what her kimono looks like, but it's supposed to be that you know he's he's related. So Jinzaimon has the Jinza statue, though, meaning that that could have been just like a protective charm. Mm-hmm. It's kind of weird because the only way you can really access, as far as we know, the Ashina Deaths and Mibu Village is that one way. Like, how the fuck are they getting children back up in the <laughs> Like, how are they getting them up there? You're like the one person I'd believe got down there is the fucking uh, the inner ministry shinobi that yes. we just fought. But everybody else, I'm like, how? Come on. Um, also, Jinzaimon says that uh, Orin like came up to him and caressed him after you defeat her. So that was mm-hmm. weird, I guess. Very weird. Weird place. Weird moms. Weird spirits. Cool lady, though. Yeah. A big upset and a big, like, if you think you know how to play this game, well, you have to learn every boss, okay? You can't just imagine that you have the skills to beat this boss. So right after her, well, there's another area. There's the tree where we can grab, what should we call it, where we can grab a gourd seed and we we get attacked from under the ground. Um, but right after her, we fight another uh, spirit enemy. Um, this one is actually just an illusion and gives us kind of the opposite effect of Orin. Orin like becomes intangible and is very uh, surprisingly swift. Whereas when we come upon the corrupted monk, it doesn't become intangible, but it does shrug off our attacks as if they are nothing. <laughs> okay, talk to me about the corrupted monk. Tell me about the pocket sand. Okay, <laughs> pocket sand. So obviously the corrupted monk, we don't, we don't know it yet, but we know that she's guarding this door. This like big, big old cave. You know, you go over the bridge, you pass the, the the big manor house, and you go and fight this lady. And you know it's an illusion because not only is she purple, but you can use snap seeds to take out about half of her health, 
which is only useful on illusions. Mm. She's pretty aggressive, um, and her poise is obviously massive, but there's this good old thing called Pakistan. If you keep throwing the fistful of ash at her, she literally can't hit you. She'll just, like, cower back and cower back. And and honestly, this goes for her regular form. The snapseed doesn't work, but the, the pocket sand works no matter what. It's awesome. But still, she's kind of tough. If like Because she hits really hard, and she's a great example of another, like, rhythm boss. Mm-hmm. So you can't really mess around with her. Yeah, you can't get greedy. That's all huge, massive, big lady. Oh my gosh, gigantic, like owl size. Yes, she's a she's a big girl, but we don't we don't know too much about her because she's kind of like this mysterious figure. I don't want to talk about her design too much, but she does have a Hanya mask, um, okay. which is typically in no theater the the mask of like a vengeful or jealous woman spirit, like a female spirit. Okay. But she's obviously guarding something, and she only has one health bar, right? Yeah. You know, she's not too bad, but she's she's a great taste of her when you fight her as a boss later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so do we want to talk about her story now, or do we want to talk about her story in the Divine, in Fountainhead? I can just, I mean, I'll just read you preview uh, with the remnants. I'll okay. just give you a little preview. It said... The corrupted monk donned the mask of a fierce guardian deity. Her form was nebulous, appearing as if in a dream. What reason could there have been to for guarding the Mibu cave village, uh, Mibu village cave entrance? Yeah, I don't want to talk about her lore too much because she's not a. She, this isn't the important one. This is just kind of a taste. All right, and and the other one is close by, but also an an unsurmountable distance at this point in the game. Yes. We don't know. We don't know where she is, but we know she's she's around somewhere. Uh, okay, cool. Well, uh, is there anything else we want to say about Mibu Village or, or or the cave that she lets us access? Um, a lot of these fountainhead adjacent locations have a lot of irises in them, which is obviously the symbol of the Ashina. This one also has like so when you go in the cave. You get your shelter stone, which apparently forms in the stomach. Gross. I wonder <laughs> if it's like crystallized sediment. Like if you eat too much of it, you have, uh, you just passed it. You pass a shelter stone. Oh my God. Could you imagine like passing one of those? Oh no. <laughs> I imagine they're removed surgically. Oh fuck. Oh well, yeah. Surgically as surgically as you can in like 17th century Japan. Yeah, which probably just means uh, you die. <laughs> to be fair, like if it's ripped open from an immortal person, they'll be fine. Uh, it's fine. That's true. that's true. They'll they'll heal. Kuro cannot fight off a cold, but if you cut him open, he'll be fine. Yeah, but it's um, and but you you know you see like a palanquin, which we had seen in the past with in the sunken valley section of the Ashina outskirts, where it talked about serpent marriage. So we know it's a wedding palanquin, but it's just weird. It's just like a very strange little location until you realize what it's for. We'll talk about it when we talk about um, the Sunken Valley, but uh, it's just got a lot of like a lot of Ashina adjacent locations that also connect to Fountainhead have irises in them. I like that. I like that a lot. Well, this was awesome. Uh, Learned a little bit about Mibu myself and I think some good coverage of the enemies. 
So if people want to come in, join us the next time, where are we going to be going, Mimi? We're going to be going to Sempo. We're going to be... We're going to Monkey Hell. Oh, we're going to Monkey Hell? Mo- monkey Hell, Monkey Hell number one. Monkey Purgatory. I- I'd like to say it's Monkey Purgatory. <laughs> but yeah, we're going to go from Orin and the Corrupted Monk, two monks, and we're going to check out another group of monks. Okay, awesome. Well, we'll talk again next time. Pen, pen, pals. Yeah!